sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Good morning, everybody. This is Erica. Yeah, great. I'm live. This is Erica, the queen of team here. I love it. I'm looking at the room. I've got... Dr. Amy, she's taking a nap in her backyard. She's lovely. She's She likes to do the uh, little meditation before. We got uh, Christine Maria's in the house. We've got our teen king, Shakir Ahmad from San Marcos High School. I'm excited. He's going to be giving us the his uh, royal recap. Dominique Hackett is also here. We're going to uh, more people are wanting to enter the room, but we have a tight schedule that we need to get to. So let's do this because Shakir has got to go to class. In the house, little drum roll, Shakir Ahmad. Hello, I'm here with the royal recap. I'm Shaq on the air, and I just wanted to give a big congrats to all our winter sports on having a great season. Uh, I'm not fully sure how far wrestling went, but I'm pretty sure they had some wrestlers in attendance at the CIF Masters. Uh, I think one being like Juan Torres, he had like a great season. Uh, girls soccer season ended in the first round playoffs. I was texting uh, one of the players' mom like throughout the game, just getting like updates because I couldn't stream the game and they were away. So that was interesting just to like hear going on. And they started up 3-1 and lost that game 3-4 and that was heartbreaking for them. And then as well as that, girls water polo, they lost their first round in the open division. Uh, that was tough for them. They're a great team, but they're in the open division, so like it was going to be tough going into that. Uh, boys soccer and boys basketball both ended their seasons in the second round playoffs. <sighs> we played on the same day, so I can't really see too much about their game, but we were at Thousand Oaks. We were away. Uh, the student section they had was crazy. They had no filter whatsoever. Uh, but the actual game, uh, we gave it our all. Uh, I had one of my best showings that game, but just didn't pull it through for us. They were a solid team all the way around. Um, uh, some of our players, Aiden and Julian and Jaden, they all had great games, but we did what we could, just couldn't pull it through. Girls basketball, on the other hand, they've been making history lately. Not only were they the first team to make it to the of playoffs, they are also the first team to make it to the state playoffs as well. Uh, their last semifinals game during the CIF, uh, it did not go well, unfortunately. They lost to uh, Oaks Christian, and I don't want to say it didn't go well. They had a great game in the first half. They were up at halftime, and second half, the other team came out strong, and they did what they could, but Oaks Christian just overpowered them, and they got a little sped up, but it was kind of – it was very emotional for them after the game. Uh, I talked to, like, all their players, and they were just really heartbroken because they put in a lot of work this season best season they've ever had in history of San Marcos. So I just want to give a big shout out to them and they have their state playoff games coming up. They know they're not sure yet, but we'll know in the next couple of days and going off the last McDonald's after the weeks, we had Mia Martinez Tomatis last week from girls basketball. She had a great game. Um, their second round playoff game. Uh, I actually went to that. It was an away game. It's like three hours away, but I hopped in the bus with them and went to go watch the game. Uh, and I'm not sure who the athlete of the week is this week because Mr. Hadami is not here, and I don't know. But that's all I got. Uh, so you're you're running things, right? Abe's not around. He gave you the keys. He gave you the keys to the kingdom. I well, he didn't give me the keys to his office though, so I'm in my truck, <laughs> burning up right now. <laughs> nice. 
Nice. We so appreciate you. I love that story of texting a mom. I'd be one of those moms you'd be texting back in the day, let me tell you. Yeah. So I, I had to get the info. I was trying to see the game, but I couldn't. So I had to do what I could. That's it. I love it. That's that's that. I love that. I love that. So what mm -hmm. we were talking, maybe you're going to be uh, setting up your own YouTube channel. I want to see that. Seriously, Shakira, you're natural. You're a gift. You got to be continuing <laughs> to do it. You know, you've got some time. Uh, I wish I had more time. I, I thought I would, but still everything's just bow, 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 bow. Yeah. I do a lot for this school, but hopefully that'd be something I can do potentially. We see it. Well, just you'll, you'll be as soon as you find your passion on anything, you're going to take it and, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to take it to the goal. That's how the kind of person that you are. So I'm really excited. So that's it. Just take your time. It's but it also, Dr. Amy will tell you this, you know, take time for yourself, you know, well, it's really yeah. nice, you know, taking care of everybody else, but take time for yourself. Dr. Amy, give, give them some words of wisdom. You've been there. Collegiate athlete, Stanford doctor overachiever you know now you're just kicking back in your backyard telling kids his age you know talk about the mindfulness training yeah i to me it really seems like shakir has an excellent balance of self-care and supporting not only his own teammates but uh, the students from his school on other teams and balancing his athletics and his academics and his the rest of his life. Um, and so I think those little those little pauses to check in and kind of check your energetic balance. And uh, do I have more to give? Is it time for me to fill my own tank? Uh, but at the moment, Shakir seems to have it down and he seems to be very generously filling other people's tanks pretty routinely. So I just want to say thanks. Aww. You. I do my best. I yeah. I, it's <laughs> your, best is, your best is rocking, Shakir. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Hey, why don't we pull a card for Shakir? Christine, let's go. He's not into it, but we're going to get him into it. You know, there's other things out there around you that you cannot see. You know, I think Harvard even said there's like 11 dimensions now. So what do we got? Harvard said, uh, 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 Ace of Cups. The first journey is like a, cups are a emotional journey. Journey. It's a journey of self-love. So you fill up your cup first. And I think you're doing that. It's a, you know, there, and um, it's really all aces are new beginnings. And so it's really just about remembering to keep that cup overflowing for yourself so that you have even more to give for everybody else, which you seem to be doing okay with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Dog, we're going to take a break. You want to add some love here to Shakir before he goes to class? Everything is going so fast, you know, and uh, to find, you know, to find your a little pocket of uh, a deep breath, some appreciation and gratitude. And, uh, you know, you, you've worked on those agility drills for years. You can keep your feet flying. You know, it's like, it's like you know, stay in there. And then, like Dr. Amy said, have some times for yourself where you recharge your batteries know the stuff that recharges your batteries but uh, you know when things get if things get spun out always go back to appreciation and gratitude for for what's good attitude of gratitude yeah. it all day big boy so appreciate you shakir get your button to class now all right and remember shakir right, whether, whether you think you can or whether you 
think you can't, you are right. Yes. <laughs> all day, baby, all day. Let's take a break. We've got Dr. Amy Salzman after these messages. And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hello, this is Dr. Amy with Teen Sports Radio, Still Quiet Place and Spot a Spider. And um, post-Olympics, I wanted to talk a little bit about adult responsibilities. and that we as adults and as a community have the responsibility for creating safe spaces for our kids in sports, in theater, in music, in schools. And um, that involves uh, both kind of from a societal level, really setting rules about what is and isn't okay with how adults interact with youth, enforcing those rules, making sure that we're checking that the people who are working with our kids are um, checked, background checks, credentials, checking references. Um, And then as parents, just like we expect society to create rules for traffic, we also teach our kids how to uh, navigate traffic safely. So as parents, we want to be working both on the society side, uh, making sure that society has rules for health and safety for our kids. And we want to be teaching our kids how to spot spiders and to talk to us if they think they've spotted a spider. Um, But I look at the abject failures of all the adults uh, around the Russian figure skater. And it just breaks my heart that the priority is winning rather than health and well-being. And that in that country, there are really no checks and balances. So internationally, I think we need to take steps, even if that country is not going to take steps to protect their athletes. And so today is a call for adults to both work on a societal level, even if it's just your school or your kids team or your kids theater production of making sure that adults are there that are there have agreed to standards of conduct. And if people want an example, I'm pretty sure I have a code of ethics up on the spot of spider page. And then also on an individual level in your home, making sure you're educating your kids about what's safe and healthy and what's concerning. Well said. Don Sanders has something to add. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's that's 
that's really good uh, wisdom to to um, have somebody that you can that you can find to talk to. Some some uh, you know sometimes it's not going to be parents. You don't want to talk to parents, but you know when uh, my sons had a group of close friends his whole since he was you know knee high, and uh, they talk all kinds of stuff over, and then every once in a while you know, an adult can say something to them and they, and they can hear it, you know, but I was always looking for somebody. My mom set me up with some surrogate big brothers when she was head nurse at Stanford. And, uh, it, it helps a lot. Somebody can, uh, you know, talk you down or play some music for you or take you for a workout or something like that. But, uh, it's important to have mentors and, uh, big brothers. If you don't have, you know, natural ones, go, go make them. We're blessed. We have Raya Carpenter in the house, <laughs> she, a counselor over at Bishop High School. So she knows all the different layers and she's involved and she's uh, she's got something to say. Raya. Yeah, well, first, I just want to uh, thank Dr. Amy for what she just said. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I love that um, phrase, spot a spider. Um, I'm going to I'm going to steal that from you. Um, so I on a, a little bit of a, a lighter note was thinking, you know, we are headed um, into spring break season, which is college tour season. So I thought I would uh, talk a little bit about the college visit process. Does that sound OK? Sure, we'll do that after we take a break. But I wanted Christine Marie to close out this section. Okay, well, I also, um, well, I felt that uh, what you had to say, Amy and Don, really segued really beautifully into the eighth of the 15 commitments for this week, which is I, ex I commit to expressing my full magnificence and supporting and inspiring others to fully express their creativity and live in their zone of genius. And so when we support ourselves being our own, living in our highest and best life, we can support others. And I think that that's super important having a mentor and, 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 and really, you know, seeing ourselves and helping each other to be the best we can be without, it's not about winning. It's about really being our absolute best. So I wanted to add that. I'll have, I have more to say later, but um, I wanted to just bring that. I'm going to be really looking forward to that segment as well. So let's take a little break. We've got a lot of new commercials. This is Erica Salt of the queen of teen. Stay tuned for more after these messages. And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. If you're just joining us, I'm Raya Carpenter, owner of Balanced College Planning. I assist high school students with college research in the application process. You can find me at balancedcollegeplan.com. And I am also very proud to run the counseling program at Bishop High. Go Cards! So we are coming up on spring break, and I wanted to give a friendly reminder of families of 11th graders that this is a really great time to uh, utilize for college visits. It's important to try and visit, I usually say, around three college campuses. You don't have to spend tons of money traveling the world or the country visiting every college on your list. But if you go to three colleges that are very different from one another, this is going to give you the language that's needed to talk to your family, your friends, your counselor, 
about what you are looking for in a college. So in the Santa Barbara area, for example, that would be UCSB, Westmont, and Channel Islands. Three very, very different schools. And then you can come back to your counselor or your family and say, this is what I liked. This is what I didn't like. And then from there, you can start to build your college list. Now, again, in the Santa Barbara area, most of the students who are in high school have access to a program called SCORE. That is S-C-O-I-R dot com. You can use that website to research colleges, but having gone to visit the campus, again, you'll have more criteria that you can put into the website so that you'll get more refined results on colleges that might be similar to the, the college that you visited that you enjoy. Um, and so the other thing that is important about visiting colleges is that this is part of that thing we talked about last month, demonstrated interest. Now, not all colleges care if you demonstrate interest in them before you apply. So, for example, Stanford and UCLA, they don't care. They're relatively confident that if you uh, are admitted to their college, that you'll say yes to them. But there are lots of colleges out there, particularly private colleges in that moderately selective to selective range, where demonstrating interest in the college before you apply matters. And, and even after you apply, sometimes it matters. So um, you can simply look this up. We talked about this, this concept last month, where if you just uh, do an internet search for common data set, insert the name of the college, then you um, can go to page seven of the common, common data set and you can actually look in there to see, oh, okay, in the evaluation process after you apply, um, we, we are looking to see if you demonstrated interest in us. So that's one way that you can figure out if it's really, really important for you to enroll in an official college tour. Now that could be in person, of course, especially if it's somewhat close to your home, the expectation for those schools is that you go and, and do an official tour. But of course, if, if it's cost prohibitive or it's just not reasonable for you to get to a college, you can enroll in a virtual tour. And so these are much more common these days and really easy to do. And the way that you can book a tour, whether it's in person or online, is simply go to that college's website um, and go to the admission page and usually on the admission page, sometimes on the homepage, there's a tab that says visit us. And so that's how you book an official tour. So that's what the juniors should be thinking about. For seniors, this is a nail biting time of year and I, and I feel your pain. And, and what I'd like to say to you is um, there are options for you if you have been heartbroken by the outcome of uh, college decisions or if you've been waitlisted at that dream school. If that has happened to you, I encourage you to reach out to your school counselor. It's not too late to apply to other four-year colleges. And if you're waitlisted, there are strategies that you can do to get pulled from that waitlist and admitted to the college. So um, here is what I would suggest if you have been waitlisted. Uh, number one, be sure to read the instructions that the college has provided on how to move forward. So, for example, they might want you to write a letter of continued interest or they may might not want you to contact them in that way. So make sure you adhere to their guidelines because that could be problematic if you go outside the bounds of that. Number two, find out if the college ranks students on the wait list. 
If they do, ask for your rank because that's obviously going to give you some sense of your chances of being admitted eventually. Um, if allowed, of course, for number three, update the college on your recent achievements. So typically this is done with a letter of continued interest. And in that letter, students typically will highlight something that they previously didn't discuss in their application. We want new and relevant information. Then you would want to go into a little bit about um, how you believe you would add value, add value to the school community or the academic program and what resources you would utilize at that college. So you're kind of, you're further showing the college your interest in their school, how you'll be a fit for their school. Uh, you might want to highlight some of your achievements. So uh, new grades, new SAT, ACT scores, new awards, athletic accomplishments, a new job, anything that you can add that wasn't previ previously stated. Um, colleges like a sure thing. So if you're 100% certain that you'll attend a college, um, if admitted, tell them that in the letter. If you admit me, I will enroll. Um, so you can come right out and simply say that. Um, so hopefully some of those tips were helpful to you. And I hope that um, you can take comfort in the belief that while you may not end up where you thought you were going, you will always end up where you were meant to be. Whoa, nice. Wait, nice close on that. Thank you. Very nice. Well, there's a, there was a book that I read. I know me reading a book, outstanding. Um, but I do remember this because actually my uh, friend of my dad's wrote the book. And it was, it was I forget that it was like something like a feeling of space. And when I drove up from um, Los Angeles, I was going to Long Beach State. And my father's uh, the president of the company. He worked for a company that no longer was an engineer. Worked for a company called Tradecore. And the gentleman Jack Zeke, he was actually a Westmont graduate, and he, and he uh, recommended to my dad because I was actually going to go to UCSB, you know, for me to check out that school. And I went there, and it was just oh my! And I knew it was so out of reach for my parents' um, uh, affordability, but it ended up working. And it was such a blessing. And I remember my father saying when he took me to Harry's and he was telling me, and he goes, you really want to go to Westmont, don't you? And I was the kind of kid that got accepted to all the schools as a freshman. Cornell, UCLA, my parents just didn't have any money. And he didn't want to just rage debt on me. So um, then he said, you know, you just battle it out first two years, but I promise you, you'd be proud of the degree that you get. And he did follow through with that. And Westmont was the place. I just knew it. And I was not, you would never put Eric at Westmont. You know, that just doesn't, you wouldn't think that goes together. <laughs> but it did. And it was so, I was so different and it was so good. And it was, it was a school for me. It was so just like non-judgmental. I guess everybody felt that they were there for a reason. And everybody yeah. bought into that. Like, why, why is she, well, she must, she must meant to be here. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that we have these visions in our mind of us attending a certain college or being a certain kind of person. And then when we're confronted with, well, it's not playing out the way that we had envisioned for the last four years or whatever, um, it's jolting. And I remember one time I was working with a student who didn't get into their dream school and wanted to appeal the decision. And I said, okay, let's, let's work on a letter. Why don't we start with you um, putting down on paper why you believe this school is a perfect fit for you. Give me some details. So the, the student went off and started thinking about it and then came back and said, you know what? I'm not appealing. 
I have determined that this, you know, after really thinking about it, maybe this isn't the right place for me. And so um, the last thing I forgot to mention in all of this talk about appealing to your waitlist school, make sure after you do all of this effort, you move on fall in love with that school that has admitted you that is second on your list, put a deposit down by May one and, and, and buy a t-shirt and celebrate it and own it and live it. So good. Good. I love that. That's that's good. Good, 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 good. Lovely. Let's do this. Let's take another break. We've got Christine Marie after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. This is Christine Marie with a view from the deck and also um, with a look at the eighth of the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. Uh, it's a book by Jim Detmer, Diana Chapman, and Kaylee Warner Clemp. And this eighth commitment is a commitment to genius. It's a commitment not only to living in our own uh, or to expressing our magnificence and support. It's also one, a commitment to supporting other people to live in their genius and live and express their magnificence. And that's you, Erica. <clears throat> it is. Oh. You do. You do that a lot. And you're always supporting people. And it, what's really wonderful, it, it does remind me, I have to say of um, the Marianne Williamson quote, our deepest fear that uh, Nelson Mandela, I believe quoted at when he was, um, became president of South Africa, which is that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure, that it, it is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that poem has touched me for years and years and years. And it, for a long time, it was attributed to Nelson Mandela um, because he did say it at his inauguration. But it, it's now it's it's we all know that it was um, from Marianne Williamson from a book called A Return to Love. Um, and she was she's also a teacher for the, the Course in Miracles. And 
one of the things that the, you know, as I was looking at a summary of the book, it talks about that there are four zones that we all have that we, no matter what our age are, and it's good to recognize these as teens, as young people, and as <laughs> to recognize, to start looking at them now and really honoring ourselves for them. There's our zone of incompetence. We don't like to do something and we don't do it well. There's our zone of competence. We don't really like it, but we'll do okay. And people who like that will do much better. There's a zone of excellence where we're really good at it, but it costs us energy because we don't necessarily, um, well, yeah, we don't, we don't really, we enjoy it, but it's not our skill set. And then there's the zone of genius, which is we're doing what we love. We're uniquely gifted to do it. And when we find that, um, it's such a beautiful thing. <laughs> um, and so to explore those zones for ourselves and to acknowledge what the zone is, you know, and there are some things that, you know, that we love, love, love and how we do them with that love brings us into a place of excellence, right? Um, even if we're not that good at the skill. So I think it's just so important to really allow ourselves to be the best that we are and to not think where it, to, if I wanted to bring it back, to um, what Dr. Amy was talking about, to not think that we need to cheat or dope or, or do other things like that in order to really be the best that we are, because the best of that we are is the best of who we are in our, you know, in our excellence. Nice. It, yeah, if I can add to that, when my coming through and trying to discern Who's a good friend? Am I a good friend? And and just trying to elevate our relating to one another. I used to tell, remind them, you can't stay the same. So your friends are either having a good effect on you, or you're having a good effect on them, or they're having a bad effect on you, or you're having a bad effect on them. It's very rare that we're in a neutral relationship. So we need to always be looking at ourselves and saying, wow, am I a value add? And are the people around me a value add? And there are times where maybe we're not a value add and we need others. We need their genius in order to inspire us. And that's a beautiful thing. So there's, there's this gentle ebb and flow, but it's nice to do a check-in and say, wow, where am I at with this? And that helps inspire the genius, which is what inspires all of us. Yes, I, I agree. And it's so wonderful that when we have our own, that we see the genius of others, that we celebrate that instead of being jealous or thinking, I wish I could do it that way. If we celebrate their genius for them, um, we can, that helps us actually find our own genius, uh, just in how, uh, in a way, how Shakir, Shakir Ahmad, you know, when he goes and he's talking about all the different teams and everyone's winning and it's really celebrating every single thing about each team and, and, and the athletes. It's such a positive experience. And you can see how that lifts him up even more. It, it's so fun to go to sports games where the parents on both sides are celebrating the great moves of the children, regardless yeah. of the teams. That it just lifts your heart. And you were really glad that you were there for that, that sport event. Yeah. When I coached, I coached for 28 years. And so when I coached, regardless of who, if anybody had an outstanding performance on the other team, as they were doing their because I just was feeling I was bearing witness to greatness and I clapped for him. I didn't, I want my whole team clapping for the other team, but I definitely would put out there, holy cow, nice job, good job. Because 
I mean, they're not NBA players or, you know what I'm saying? It's just, we just want to have a good time. But I, I actually got a lot of credit for being that way because that's not something that you do. But I really do recognize greatness and I to be a part of it. And it's it was, to me, it was very stimulating. And I think for when I grew up, because it was a different time um, and it, the village was everything. We had a lot of at-home moms, but my mom worked. Um, one of the few moms in the, in the small town that I grew up that worked. So I was kind of that, you know, left alone kid. So I pretty much stayed most of my time at the school and came home. My parents just weren't around, but that was okay because I just found where the where the places of safety were in my uh, elementary and high school days. And I will tell you that I learned from um, experience that I really hyper-focused on the things that I was not good at. And then I tried to grab the people that were really good because that, and I was the first one to start because uh, I had learning problems too growing up. And so I had, I always formed groups, groups. If it wasn't for all the little groups that I created and that's people, oh, you like to connect, connect, connect. Well, I did that out of survival. Okay. <laughs> so I don't think I would have survived because I knew what I just was not good at. And Didn't I you just record books for the blind. Yeah, I did. I, w- I read for the blind in seventh, in seventh and eighth grade because I always got kicked out of the library or thrown in some corner because I had to say it. I had to read out loud or if I didn't hear it, it was not going to register. I couldn't sit there in silence and read. I'd either f- pass out falling asleep. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. So they, the, one of the librarians figured it out and they put me in this room and it was great because I'm making noises. <laughs> Just, I, I did these books and that's how I got through seventh and eighth grade reading books and I taped books for the blind. It was great. And it's even, I have the yearbooks and everything to prove it. So I did it seventh, eighth, ninth and 10th grade. So it's, it's funny because now I'm, I'm, I'm relating to somebody who's in a nonprofit theosophical books for the blind and we're doing it again. So it hasn't never left me. So good stuff. Anyways, you figure it out at the end of the day, you figure it out. Don. Yeah. Winning, winning is not against somebody, you know, an opponent or, or an external thing. Winning's an inside thing, winning over something that's held you back again and again. That's what it usually comes down to, because if you've done that, then then you're much more available to be able to celebrate somebody else's breakthroughs, somebody else's successes. And and like has just been said, you know, helping them lift their game lifts your game as well. You know, that that's reminding me also of I don't I can't remember the name of the team, but the name of the there was a I think it was a football team who was down at the very bottom of the of the barrel and the, the coach that took that team on um, by changing the way that he coached um, only coached by only acknowledging the positive things that happened in the games. And when they watched the videos, they would only say, look, you did this right. You did that right. Look at how they did that. And they, that team went from the bottom of the barrel to like winning the championships um, in that one year because of the shift in, in how to, in, in, in how they were the focus and the framing. And I thought that was, that's really powerful. I just, you can look at it when kids grow up in sports today, you just look, take the posture of nobody loses. We're all winners. I love embracing the other team. If I did lose a game, it didn't happen very often, but when I did, okay, <laughs> I used to love the people that got the most excited for beating me. I, I felt that love. And I just went, I was like a magnet going right because they was so happy and it just lifted me. So I didn't even, you know, the loss, ugh, I don't like to lose, but at the end of the day, 
they fed me because it's just being able to connect with that emotion. And I think we need to get back to that because you get in these head trips and especially with kids that got so much pressure on them right now. It's not even, it's so much work. It's so hard for them. And I, I, my heart really goes out for them. So I think what we need to do is posture ourselves and try to give them, we're all mentors. We're all, everybody on this show is a mentor and we need to just, you know, breathe, relax. It's okay. You know, there's another day. Um, and anything that's that's troubling them right now, that that soon will pass. That's that's the kind of thing. Raya, I love, don't you love it when I just point to somebody? <laughs> yeah, no, I, this is, you know, hitting me close to home because I'm new to youth sports because I have a 10 year old who's um, trying out basketball for the first time. And so we had like our second game recently. Anyways, one of the coaches really touched me because um Figuratively, because um, the person was um, doing fist bumps, you know, the the coach was for the opposing team. Right. And he was doing fist bumps with our team's youth when they would do something, you know, know, just putting effort forward or whatever. But, you know, we were getting annihilated and that coach just kept reaching out like, hey, good job, good job, you know, and so. Um, I just, I just love that spirit. And if we could carry that into our, um, academic lives and our, and our, uh, our home lives and our, and our careers, I mean, what a world. Right. It's awesome. Dr. Amy. Yeah, I think there's two, there's two qualities that we're talking about here. So I just want to give them names. One is sympathetic joy, which we talked about maybe a month ago of like, joy in someone else's joy, joy in someone else's success. And the other one is positive scanning. And I think athletes or students can learn to positive scan because mostly what we're trained to do in our society is look for mistakes or where we didn't get it quite right or whatever, or the problem that we missed. And it's helpful to look at those things. But if we only look at those things, then that's not so helpful. So as athletes and students, we can learn to positive scan and just look, even if it wasn't your best game or your best test, uh, what did I do well? What do I want to do more of? And then as parents, I feel really our job Um, at least in athletics and probably even to a greater extent than most of us do it in school is to look for what our child is doing well and at least put as much emphasis on that as where they need to improve. And then as coaches, really, again, keeping the their Gottman Institute says that whether it's coaching relationship, parenting relationship, romantic relationship, work relationship, our balance of positive to negative should be five to one. Oh, that's cool. That's good. Ah, that's awesome. Fantastic. All right. Well, it's time and I'm really excited. Dominique is uh, setting us up here for a hack it hygge. I know what you're going to talk about on the next break. What rocks, grass, what are you going to be talking about? Sand and stone. Sand and stone. Right after these messages.
and this is the Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. This is Dominique Hackett with Santa Barbara Wellness Center, and I help teach Braille to the visually impaired. Um, I love to share hugas, and huga has to do with the things that make us comfortable and cozy in our life. And one of the most important things about huga is friendship. So I wanted to tell a story. I don't know where it came from, but it's called Sand and Stone. So there were two friends, Amanda and Margaret, and they were walking in the desert. And in walking through the desert, they had an argument. And their argument was so intense, Margaret turned around to Amanda and slapped her in the face. And Amanda was... (gasps) horrified to be slapped in the face, but they're walking together in the desert. They have to share their water and so forth. So she can't like run off anywhere. So she turns around, she picks up a stick and she writes down in the sand, Margaret, today, Margaret hit me. And then she put the stick down and then they kept on walking. And after a little while, they got to an oasis. Oh, it was so refreshing to be in the water and, and just to be around a little bit of greenery. And while Amanda was swimming in the water, she started drowning. And Margaret, of course, rushed and saved her friend from drowning. Pulled her out, they're sitting on the bank. And when Amanda got her breath back, she grabbed a stone and she started carving into the stone. Today, Margaret saved my life. And after a little bit, Margaret looked at her and said, why did you, when I hit you and hurt you, why did you write it in sand? And then when I saved your life, why did you write it in stone? And what Amanda said was, I write in sand the things that hurt me because I'm hoping for the the wind of forgiveness to blow it away so that it disappears Mm. like it never happened. And I write in stone the good things that happened to me because I never want the good to ever disappear. I want it always to be remembered. So we can think about that in our life, that there are times where we are able to note a hurt happened, and it did happen, and it hurt, but hope that the winds of forgiveness will bring in the peace and the love and really focus on the good and celebrate the good to bring more good about in the world. Mm. That's a really good story. (laughs) Dr. Amy. I like that. Well, I was tying that back to the positive scanning because I think what the human tendency is, is actually the reverse. Like I write my mistakes or I write your mistakes in stone and I write my goodness or your goodness in sand. So we often have it backwards. So just in taking your thing and my thing and combining them, let's write our positive scanning in stone. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. And some people even will take a stone and put it in their pocket and it becomes the gratitude stone. And every time they put their hand in their pocket and they touch the stone, it reminds them to either speak of gratitude or think of gratitude Mm -hmm. in order to just help elevate Because we know, as human beings, we know the good in our life makes us feel good, improves our immune system, improves our digestion, helps us feel younger, healthier, more capable. Mm -hmm. And we know that the negative things in our life 
make us want to just curl up in a ball and, and be a hermit and be afraid. So we, in our own bodies, can test how the positive and the negative in our life affects us. And we all know that the more we focus on the positive, the healthier we are as individuals and the more we have to give to others. Good stuff, Don. Yeah, uh, piggybacking on what Dominique said. Yeah, it's like uh, you hurt yourself if you go hermit. You know, it, it's like uh, you it's it's death in life to go isolate yourself. Human beings are gregarious creatures. And and uh, when we have breakthroughs as human beings, beings, if we share with others to give them some hope, then it gives us more hope. It makes the world a better place. We're all interconnected, not alone and isolated. So the more of that vibe that we're always talking about on this show that you share throughout the world, sometimes you're really feeling it and other times you're not. But keep putting it out there to encourage rather than discourage and it'll it it it's you know the basics leading to the bigger picture. That's what I'm always trying to talk about. Yeah, even if you want to sit on the sidelines because you're starting to store up your energy by just giving somebody an eye contact, a smile. It's the littlest things that can just change a person's day because they just feel that you've connected to them. You don't even want to say anything. I mean, I went to the store the other day because I, I've never participated in this whole mass thing. I'm just being honest. So I just drove everybody every place and I waited in the parking lot. Well, now you don't have to wear a mask. So I have been out and about smiling, waving. She's back. Everybody's happy. So when you see somebody connect this week, let's just do that. Let's focus on that. Let's think gratitude let's think connections and then let's think about tuning in next week at tuesday at 9 a.m this is erica salda see you next week